Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got another instalment of our chasing history topic for this week and we thought, why not this morning get stuck into probably uh, the two the two most important players on either team. I think there's a fair argument, definitely the two most strike players on either team and the two favourites for the Clive Churchill medal. We've got Nathan Cleary and Reese Walsh today and I think I've got some cracking comparisons for you. Uh, obviously, Nathan Cleary looking for his third premiership in a row at the same club, Cooper Cronk, he won three premierships in a row, uh, but they obviously were for the Melbourne Storm and the Sydney Roosters. Um, so Peter Sterling was the last man to win three premierships in a row as a halfback uh, for the same club. So pretty damn impressive stuff. Uh, so we're going to compare those two, Nathan Cleary and Peter Sterling. I think Peter Sterling, by a lot of people sort of our generation, probably sleep on just how good Sterling was uh, and just how much of a talent he was and just you know how successful he was throughout his career, especially in a period where he went up against some pretty quality halfbacks. You know, Rodoticus, um, obviously Stevie Mortimer, a heap of absolute champions uh, during that period. Uh, and then our other one will be Reese Walsh in the headlines at the moment, a young guy on the biggest stage of his career. I remember saying that a few months ago for State of Origin and he absolutely brained it. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how he handles um, this big stage, the grand final. Uh, doesn't really get any bigger than this, especially going up against this Panthers side. I think the aura and everything around them, very different to coming up against 
against the New South Wales Blues in their current state. So huge test. And for me, uh, I look at Reese Walsh and I go back to the 2000 grand final when the Roosters uh, went up against the Brisbane Broncos. The Broncos winning that one. Uh, and of course, the Clive Churchill medalist that day was Darren Lockyer. He obviously made the move to 5'8 later in his career, but he was the best fullback in rugby league. And he was the Queensland fullback, the Brisbane Broncos fullback, an absolute live wire. Very similar to what Reese Walsh is today. Bit of a larrikin off the field as well. Knew how to get himself in a little bit of curry. A uh, bit of a different situation back then. Everyone didn't have phones and whatnot, but I think there are a lot of similarities between Reese Walsh and Darren Lockyer. Uh, so those are the two comparisons we have got today. Nathan Cleary and the great Peter Sterling. And then, of course, Reese Walsh and Darren Lockyer. So chasing history, Nathan Cleary and Peter Sterling. Peter Sterling is one of the greatest halfbacks rugby league has ever seen. He was the mastermind ball player behind the Paramount Eels three-peat of premiership victories in the early 1980s. Sterling was one of the first halfbacks to seemingly know where a set of six was going to be in three tackles time. His timing and match awareness was second to none. He was before his time as a halfback. Many believe that Sterlo should be an immortal of our game. Nathan Cleary is Penrith's Peter Sterling. A third premiership in a row at the same club like Sterling did 40-odd years ago would be something very special and unique, something that most other greats of our game have failed to achieve. And for me, it is sort of the thing that separates Sterling from a lot of these other guys. You know, when you're talking about the immortal debate and who should be where and whatnot, like you have a look at guys, you know, like Brad Fittler, like Darren Lockyer. You know, these guys never managed, well, to to be fair, Darren Lockyer won in 97-98, but we don't really look at that and say that was a back-to-back premiership, fairly, unfairly, whatever it might be. But even if you want to include that, you compare Peter Sterling to some of these guys. You know, Sterling won four premierships, and he won three of them, you know, back-to-back, which is pretty bloody impressive from a halfback. And obviously, Brett Kenny, he gets a lot of the attention from those grand finals, as he should. I've spoken about him a lot this week. Two tries in three consecutive premiership-winning grand finals. Pretty impressive stuff. But Peter Sterling, he was the mastermind behind this side. And you talk to, um, you know, all the Parramatta players, or you listen to their interviews and whatnot, and they talk, you know, so highly of Brett Kenny. But the way they talk about Sterling, he was just on another level. Uh, I remember listening to Phil Gould one day talking about Sterling and the way that he used to play. And this is where, where you know, like, I went back and watched those tapes of Sterling. You just see by his body language and whatnot that, and and, and Phil Gould made, made this point. I thought it was a really good one, and you see it in Nate Cleary today. That you know when the set of six starts wherever they are on the field, he knows where it's going to end. He knows where he wants the Parramatta Eels to be in three and four tackles so that he can execute the right kick or the right play off the back of it. And it's this sort of vision and understanding of the game that I think Sterling had way before his time. Not many halfbacks were like that back then, um, and you know still a, a lot of halfbacks today aren't like that. But it is something that you see in the absolute greats of the game when they know where a set of sex is going to finish or where it needs to finish and why it needs to finish there. Um, I remember... Kempy once told me a story about, I think it was when Luke Lewis came into the Kangaroos side and um, and Cameron Smith sort of said to him, hey, I, I, on fourth tackle, I need you to land on this spot. And I think he stepped off his mark. He beat two or three. Cameron Smith blew up and said, hey, I needed you to be here because this is what we're trying to execute. This is who we're trying to get at the back end of the set. And, and, and you know, j- just that understanding of this is the set of six we need for this moment. This is where we need to get to and this is where we need to direct traffic and we all need to stick to that plan. And I remember uh, Kempy be telling me that story that Luke Lewis had told him and just thinking, Jesus Christ, like just being able to understand a set of six, you know, 
a few tackles before and know where it's going and where it has to be. Such a special talent. And Peter Sterling, I believe he was the first guy to really be able to do that. Uh, and sometimes that, that that ability is something that you can't explain or, or you can't, you know, teach it or whatever. You either have it or you sort of don't. And I look and then sometimes it's a maturity thing. Like I look at Adam Reynolds and I know he's got that. I know Adam Reynolds has that ability. I look at Nath Cleary who's, you know, eight years younger than Adam Reynolds or something along those lines. You can already tell that he's got that ability as well. So two pretty special halfbacks uh, to compare here, Peter Sterling and Nathan Cleary. Obviously, Peter Sterling, he has been there and done it all. He's won four premierships. He won three in a row as a halfback with the Parramatta Eels in the 80s. New South Wales Kangaroos, he achieved it all. A sensational player, Sterling. And when you look at what he achieved... You know, if Nath Cleary manages to win this grand final, you know, that's four grand finals in a row he's been to and three that he's won. So you could argue that's potentially more impressive than what Sterling did back in the 80s. And then obviously Sterling uh, didn't win in 84 to make it four in a row. Nath Cleary still has that potential to be able to do that. So pretty scary. Obviously Sterling, he won these three in a row early in his career. Went on to win another one in 1986. Didn't win uh, another NRL premiership, obviously, though. So it's another spot where I look at Nath Cleary and go, Jesus Christ, like right now today, Today, he's already, you know, halfway to achieving the amount of premierships that the great Peter Sterling did, one of the greatest halfbacks ever. Um, and he still could win a third one tomorrow, which would put him over halfway. And then he's still got an entire career to come. So pretty, pretty special stuff, those two. Uh, obviously, Peter Sterling, one of the greatest of all time. Many argue he should be an immortal. Many people that I know know rugby league inside out that got to watch his entire career. It's very hard for me to say, obviously. Especially with, with, with a guy like Brett Kenny, you, you can just look at the numbers and, and watch the highlights and go, my God. On the biggest day, he was the best player. But a guy like Sterling, I think you had to... He's a bit like Adam Reynolds. Like He's probably never going to win a Dalian medal, but you've got to watch him play week in, week out to understand the impact he has on the game and just how good he was. Uh, and a lot of people that opinions I trust hold him very, very highly. So uh, he'd have to be right up there with the Immortals debate, Peter Sterling. And it'll be interesting to see where Nathan Cleary can finish his career. But that will be the comparison if Nathan wins this one. Obviously, Cooper Crunk won three in a row, uh, but they weren't at... The same club. They were at two teams that had very good sides. You look at Nathan Cleary. He's won three in a row after five years ago, uh, him being the halfback and his team not making the top eight. So, and having no rep players in this side. The year after that, they obviously make the grand final. Everyone starts to realize what this side could be. And a lot of teams make grand finals or go deep into finals and then don't make it back next year. You have a look at last year. Just in the NRL, who were the teams that really jumped up quite a bit? The Cowboys came from absolutely nowhere. They missed the eight this year. The Parramatta Eels didn't come from nowhere, but they definitely improved, took themselves all the way to a grand final. The big question was, could Parramatta win finals games? Uh, went all the way to the grand final. They obviously missed the eight this year, and then the Sharkies were the other one. They finished top four, looked amazing, got to finals, weren't able to do it, and, it, and dropped back even further this year, obviously losing in the first game, not making the top four. So for the Penrith Panthers to go all the way to grand final, they lose, and then come back the next year and win it and then come back the year after that and win it, and then come back the year after that and make the grand final and potentially win it, uh, you would have to think these guys are on a path to something pretty special. And Nath Cleary, uh, he's going to be the face of this team when we look back in history. So very, very interesting to see where he can get in his career. Still got to do origin and everything. I completely agree and understand that. Uh, but as far as NRL finals and everything, he is just... You know, he owns the NRL finals at the moment. I've got a feeling he might own this grand final as well. But I'll tell you what, if he doesn't own this grand final... 
I think it will come down to, or I think a big part of the reason why he doesn't own this grand final, will probably be the Broncos' young superstar, Reese Walsh. Now, we've compared him here to Darren Lockyer, and I know there'll, there'll be people at home sitting there going, my God, you compared Nathan Cleary to Peter Sterling. That's outrageous. I'm just comparing their paths and where they're going and what they've achieved and that they did similar things. And I think Reese Walsh and Darren Lockyer, I was trying to find someone for Reese Walsh, and I think Lockyer is the best option. Now, is Reese Walsh as good as Darren Lockyer? No, he's not. Not a hope in hell, yeah. Lockyer's one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, Lockie, in my opinion, probably should be an immortal. He's owned some of the biggest moments in rugby league history. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's a Clive Churchill medalist, I think four-time premiership winner. He has done it all, Darren Lockyer, yeah? But you have a look back, you know, the 2000 Grand Final, for example, who was the Clive Churchill medalist that day? It was a young Darren Lockyer. Obviously featuring for the Brisbane Broncos that day, live wire at fullback. I think that, you know, we look at Reese Walsh and, you know, he, you know, he made that dumb comment yesterday, which is fucking stupid. Don't get me wrong. I don't think we should crucify him for it, though. I think it was dumb. Don't get me wrong. But he is a young guy under a lot of pressure on a big stage. And the reality is a guy like Darren Lockyer, who we all respect and appreciate so much, did some pretty dumb shit when he was a kid too. The difference was uh, that people didn't have a fucking camera in their hand all day, every day, and everyone could record it, and people were out there trying to bait these guys to get it on camera. Uh, but have no doubt, guys like Darren Lockyer, Johns, Thurston, all these guys did really dumb things when they were kids, but they were matured into it, and Reese Walsh will be the same. Difference is, there wasn't cameras in everyone's hands back then. Uh, but I look at Darren Lockyer, and I do see a lot of similarities to Reese Walsh. And as I've always said with Reese Walsh, when the game is on the line, he wants the ball in his hand. And I think that was one thing that always stood out for me with Darren Lockyer. And whenever the game was on the line, the ball tended to be in the hands of Darren Lockyer. You know, you go back to that 2006 season, think about what he achieved there. Kicked the winning field goal in the grand final. Uh, Brett Hodgson throws the pass from dummy half. Who swoops it up? Darren Lockyer puts himself there in the right moment at the right time to have the ball in his hands. Then we get to the Tri-Nations. I was out there that night at the SFS. Uh, Thurston, he cuts through, finds a player back on the inside. Who finishes the game with the ball in their hands with the winning play? Darren Lockyer, once again. Just one of the all-time greats, Lockie. I'll read you what I've got here for these two. When talking about the greatest Bronco of all time, Darren Lockyer has to be on the pointiest end of this list. He is the face of the Brisbane Broncos for many, including myself. One of the key features of his game was his ability to rise to the occasion. He won the Clive Churchill Medal in 2000 and in 2006 led the Broncos to the Premiership. Queensland to an Origin Series and Australia to victory in the Tri-Nations Tournament. I'd argue they don't win all of these without Darren Lockyer. The Broncos won the 2000 Grand Final off their fullback's brilliance. If the Broncos win on Sunday, it will be off the back of their fullback's brilliance once again. Reese Walsh has risen to every occasion so far in his career. On Sunday, though, he will need to rise to another level again. Winners want the ball in their hands when the game is on the line. Lockyer always wanted the ball as does Reese. Once again, I come back to this point that I've always said about Reese Walsh from day one when he debuted. You guys remember, posted that picture of him and Roger walking out together and sort of said, you know, this could be a real turning point for the Warriors. Of course, it didn't play out for them, but it has played out for the Brisbane Broncos. And I, I just, what I've always loved about Reese Walsh is that he always wants the ball in his hands. And I use the example, I think it was Warriors versus Broncos a few years ago. Close game, they needed a penalty goal, they needed a field goal. And Reese kept taking shots, he kept missing them, yeah, kept missing them. And most people go, oh, yeah, should have given it to someone else. What a selfish prick. Sure, someone else should have stepped up. If someone else wanted the ball, they get the fucking ball. But you know who wanted the ball in that moment? The guy that wanted the ball and the guy that fucking got the ball. And it was Reese Walsh. He's one of the younger guys in that squad. But when the big moments come, 
Reese Walsh wants the ball in his hand, and Darren Lockyer was exactly the same, yeah? You hear the old saying, and, you know, people post it all the time, and people fucking love it, and they say it all the time, and it's all good and well. You know, Michael Jordan saying, you know, you miss every shot you don't take. You know, I missed X amount of shots, you know, in order to get X amount of shots, and everyone loves that. Everyone's for it until someone's actually doing it in real life, yeah? Until someone's doing it in real life, and they miss those shots, yeah? And then people want to really jump on their back, and Reese Walsh is the best example of it all time, and I guarantee you, in this grand final, Reese Walsh is going to have moments where he's going to try and win this grand final. Some are going to work, some aren't, yeah? And people are going to absolutely ride him for the times that don't work. They're going to absolutely fucking give it to him. And that's what I hate about the media and just the way that they portray this guy sometimes and the way that, you know, the general public is just so negative sometimes. You need to appreciate this is a young guy, yeah? This is, what, his third, fourth year of first grade? I think it's his third year of first grade. Uh, coming into grand final week against one of the greatest teams we have ever seen. And I think it's fair to say the best defensive team we've ever seen. Uh, to do it for three years on the trot with the defense they've had, it is simply incredible. And people will nominate, uh, you know, certain teams that were better defensively. And if you want to, sure, go ahead. But no one has ever defended better than the Penrith Panthers over a three-year period. And Maurice Walsh, who I think it's fair to say is probably the best attacking player in rugby league right now, he's going to throw the absolute kitchen sink and everything he's got at this side to try and unlock them. And he will make mistakes. I promise you he'll make mistakes. Yeah, there, there will be mistakes that will come. Unless Reese Walsh just goes to a brand new level, has the perfect game, we see no errors whatsoever. But against this side, I very highly doubt it. But you know, this is what I love about Reese Walsh. And people will say, oh, the, you know, if Penrith win will be because they made errors, sure. But Brisbane are going to have to make errors to try and win this game of football. That's the reality of it. Reese Walsh is going to have to take X amount of shots at this team. Timmy Williams said this week, if he has 10 shots at them, he needs to land eight of them. He can't land two of them. He needs to land eight of them. But he is going to make errors, yeah? But if he's able to land more than, you know, 50, 60% of these, he's going to give his team every single chance to win this grand final which would be such a special moment for Reese Walsh and the Brisbane Broncos. He came into origin. You know, everyone said, too many errors, this, that. You know, I said before, this guy understands the big stages. He is better than what you guys think. And he came in and he absolutely nailed it. Hardly made any errors, performed really well, got Simbin in the second game after he'd absolutely given it to the Blues. Shit them so much, they tried to fight him at the end of the game, which was just dog shit at the end of the day. Yeah, absolute dog shit because he'd outplayed them for two games straight. We're going into another big stage here. We just spoke about Darren Lockyer, how he owns the big moments. There was no stage that was ever too big for Lockie. And at the moment, it seems like there's no stage that is too big for Reese Walsh. And you know what? Right now, maybe this stage will be too big. We'll have to wait and see. I look back at 2018. Cam Munster's gone on to be, you know, one of my favorite players and one of the best players in this competition. The stage for him in two, it was too big in 2018 when he took on the Sydney Roosters, yeah? He's learned from that. He's adapted from it. He won a premiership two years later. Now he's leading this Melbourne Storm side at the moment. He went on to Origin, did some fantastic things. Sometimes the stage is too big for guys at certain periods of their career, but it doesn't stop them from going at them from going out that stage. And I love that Reese Walsh is going to come with that attitude. And, you know, if the Broncos do win this grand final, I'm tipping Penrith. I think they will win. I would love to see the three-peat, to be completely honest with you. But if Brisbane do win, I will be so happy for Reese Walsh because he puts his balls in the middle every single week. And people want to go at him. People want to give him shit. People want to point out the errors, and that's fine. But he's the guy in the arena putting it all in the middle. And he will do it in this grand final as well. It might work for him. It might not. And you know what? If it doesn't, Reese Walsh will go, sweat. I want the ball the next set. I want to go at this mob again. I want to do everything I can to try and win. And as I've said from day one, that's the mindset that is going to win Reese Walsh more games than he's going to lose. You might choose to re remember the losses. You might choose to highlight the losses. And there's probably going to be more losses than wins throughout his entire career. 
But, geez, on the big stages, it's the guys with this sort of mindset that tend to get the bickies. Will he get it this week? We'll have to wait and see. But I'm super excited to see how Reese goes on this biggest stage of his career and against the best team, in my opinion, he's ever come up against. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.